Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. And now, the Outriders. How's it going, Outriders? Matt, Dan, and Zach here for your bi-monthly Star Wars Legion podcast. How's it going, gentlemen? Going pretty good. That was Zach. Is this episode not special? Because the last two episodes have been very special. Uh, you know, you got to <laughs> have some peaks and valleys so you can actually differentiate. Because if things were just awesome and special all the time, how would you know when it's awesome and special? Welcome because to- when everybody's super, nobody is. <laughs> Welcome to the valley, folks. Yes. <laughs> no, no. We, gotta, we, gotta, we, gotta, we do have, of course, a very special episode today. So we talked about it last time. Uh, we're going to be talking... A little bit of a dive off again on the current state of 3D printing. Zach has been doing some fantastic research. Uh, Dan as well. Just uh, You guys are very much 3D printing hobbyists at this point. Honestly, it's like mm. its own little discipline, like learning to play mm. piano or, you know, macrame. I mean, easily each version of 3D printing is its own hobby. And looking back, I've been doing 3D printing longer than I've been tabletop miniatures. So... Wow. It's it's been a while. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you've been in it since the probably the heyday then. Cuz uh, going you, on well, 5 you years. Played, you played X-Wing before, right? Nope. No, nope. you didn't. You just came in with Legion? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, luckily it's very synergistic. Is with it? The lots of lots yes. of synergy. Lots oh, of synergy. Okay. I just how many how many how many barricades can we actually print up? Can we put little like shark heads on the front of them or something? What, whatever that, you that's want. That's really baby. what we want to do. But uh, And then, of course, we've got a lot to talk about with the rules update in the FFG. And, yeah, that's going to be, well, there's one that we really care about. And then there was all the other ones, too. <laughs> but before we get into that, hey, Dan. Yes, sir. How's our Star Wars news? Well, we have news. And, again, Yay. I think it's going to be every week until Mandalorian Season 2 comes out. But there's always Mando news. Oh, of course. Uh, of course, the big thing now, and I was complaining about it last episode, the Mando two season two trailer dropped. Yes, yes it did. Oh wow, awesome. has that been? It, it's been. It was like right after we recorded. Yeah, this. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. I was so, like, yeah, that feels like it's been out for a minute. I guess it has. It has yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fortnightly, but a uh, very exciting trailer. Yeah, yeah, very good. Space wizards, space wizards. I'm a fan. Well, Sor- sorcerers is how they referred to them. Yeah, space <laughs> wizards, sorcerers. But yeah, just the Same speeder thing. bikes just jumping off that cliff. and So I'm sure uh, everybody's yeah. seen that. Oh, yeah, dude, that was dope. That was, that was dope, super yeah. dope. That was one of my favorites. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's see what those bikes can do. And so We're going X- swooping. Yeah, and X-Wings, you know, escorting the Razor Quest. Mm. So, interesting, interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, the rumor is, though, that seasons three and four, they're going to film them simultaneously. That makes sense. So I mean, yeah, it makes sense since they're going to be, you know, Setting since, up for season three, my since Pedro do. Pascal is basically folding up his costume uh, and walking away. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I mean, kidding, no, I'm no, I know. There's a lot of rumors about him being. You know, there a was Hollywood one rumor now. from one source, and I think it's pretty much been widely. Yeah, it has been because because he's been uh, promoting season two quite positively, both on social media. And, and elsewhere, that's so. all I've ever seen from the guy. Like he he yeah. gets it. That was all the promotional shots they had with him. You know, wearing the helmet, you know. We know it's you, Pedro. It's good. (laughs) Unless it's one of the other guys that stands in for the stunts. But But yeah, also rumor, yes, and we alluded to that, that he is going to be basically voice acting season three and four. He won't be in the suit. Oh, really? That's what the rumor is because, well, Ah. supposedly the rumors for season two was the suit was uncomfortable and it was difficult for him to wear. Oh, because, yeah, I thought they would, that was kind of the big thing going into season two, is it's going to be more of him, him under there. Yeah. And they decided that, well, we'll just let the professionals do it, and you can just do the voice work and the, the scenes without the mask. Well, again, if and again, this is entirely rumor, so grain uh, of salt on everything. Oh, okay. Uh, that Pedro, of course, with the rumors that did come out, were saying that he wasn't enjoying his time in the suit. And for everyone wondering, what happened with season one? Well, he actually had other obligations, and they were already into production by the time they had cast him. Hmm. So they, they were using stuntmen in the suit in season one, and he was doing mostly voiceover work, for with the exception of a few scenes, like the obviously helmetless scene. Where towards well, the it sounds like it might need to get a checkup from the doctor after taking that much salt yeah. with those movies, so. <laughs> It's not good for the arteries. Well, yeah, because uh, again, also rumor, uh, the rumor is that Disney has basically purchased a decommissioned Air Force base that they're using as a quarantined Basically, they're going to quarantine the whole area to do all of their major recording on now. Why not? We abandon bases all the time. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. there, there was uh, 
that naval base that the Mythbusters used to go on to all the time uh, during their show. Did they say which one it was? No, or? they didn't say. Is, they didn't is say this it. still rumors? This is still rumor. Is, oh man, when did we get into the rumor cast? Yeah. I swear. And the rumor didn't even say what country it's in. So oh yeah, I mean, you know who knows where they're recording right now. <laughs> We're abandoning bases left and right. Exactly. Maybe maybe the Russians won't take this one. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're pursing your lips there, Zach. <laughs> but uh, but back to uh, actual news. Um, but we're staying on the TV front. Uh, Diego Luna had an interview with ET about you know the upcoming the extraterrestrial entertainment tonight. Oh, oh. I'd rather hear about <laughs> ET. Yeah. Um, he said he did state in his interview that production is going to be starting this year. But there's oh. not a lot of year to you know, yeah. Left, so yeah. I wonder if he's confused which year it is. He still thinks <laughs> it's, he thinks he's in March still or something. Yeah. Uh, but that, I mean that'll be great if they can get production off the ground so they can have it ready you know later yeah. in 2021. So because I, I think they're just going to do Mandalorian all the way up to with Mandalorian season two is going to last till December ish, mm-hmm. and then they'll have the two Marvel shows. Which they've already lined up, WandaVision and um, I haven't seen the trailer yet. For you that. haven't seen the WandaVision? No, I keep forgetting. No. Somebody posted it up in the chat, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta go watch that." And then it totally whoop. I just kept living my life. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> is, is it good? We're getting off topic, but yeah, it, it's a little weird. This is now the topic. <laughs> it's, it's it's a little weird, but I mean, the whole premise of WandaVision is weird. So. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, as long as she doesn't get into like the no more mutants thing or whatnot just have some crazy time in the 50s or whatever she's doing um and well they show clips from like the 50s era sitcom and then like yeah. the 70s era sitcom and oh really like I, I thought it was just 90s, like an yeah. old ozzy and harriet type thing no that i mean the theory is that she's kind of in her grief with vision dying she's kind of you know creating these situations the, the butterfly <laughs> effect yeah, but yeah. for yeah. sitcoms okay <laughs> what do you think zach i haven't seen anything about but that sounds dope Oh, okay. you seen it either. Okay, I'll watch good. it. Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So yeah, with uh, you know Cassie and Andor getting in production yeah. supposedly later this year, and then uh, Kenobi's production starting early next year, hmm. uh, things are looking up. You know, I heard that Alan Tudyk this season for the Cassie and Andor show isn't going to be spending as much time in the suit and is just going to be doing some voiceover work, basically. For the what? next few seasons. I mean, in Rogue One, he was in a mocap <laughs> suit. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. Did they even... Yeah, they confirmed Alan Tudyk was going to yeah, be Yeah, they confirmed Alan Tudyk was going to be It wouldn't yeah. be the same without him. I mean, in a mocap suit with stilts on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find your uh, answer vague and unconvincing. And actually, the newest piece of uh, merchandising news that was so new, I actually didn't get it onto the agenda before I printed it. I was going to yeah. ask. I think, <laughs> is this about the lightsaber? Oh, no. What, do you, oh. what about the lightsaber? Oh, apparently they uh, showed a very specific lightsaber oh. build for the High Republic. Yeah, I, I saw that. It was a little visual, though, so yeah. I didn't think it would really work on the audio of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, but, hey, it, it's a cross between one of those Klingon daggers that the sides flip out yeah. and, a, and a cross guard saber. It's really weird looking. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, hey, that, that, it's kind of cool looking, I think. A little, little fancy and over the top, but I guess... The Jedi supposedly. What? The Jedi? Fancy it over the top? Well, I guess at the time they, got, they were supposed to be over the top. They, yeah. <laughs> they wear hobo robes. They're yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, but no, the last thing I had was merchandising-wise. Merchandising. I, I showed you uh, just before the recording here. Uh, they did announce for Christmas season an animatronic The Child doll. So... Basically, Furby crossed with yes. <laughs> can I can I teach it to talk? Uh, they, they didn't show much other than the, the little short video. Can I feed it? Just... Can you chicken nuggies <laughs> and chalky milk? <laughs> I hope so. Well, if it doesn't want it, I'll eat them. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, Zach. You can have some too. Uh, Thanks for thinking. Yeah, I, I old man we'll slapped my knee. Flavor. I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so other news yeah. uh very excited we got our dials in from oh, yes. six up industries it's it is six up it wasn't six plus it's six up we got corrected yes keegan reached out and slapped us yes <laughs> in the very nicest way possible because he's a super nice guy but we're going to be starting to send it out so if you guys want to get on well we'll put up another promotion hit for uh for this uh patreon.com slash legion outriders any subscription of five bucks or more will guarantee you one of the dials legion outrider levels get extra swag and stickers and all that kind of stuff and and of course uh, thanks to all of our support from from you guys for doing that, keeping us going here. 
But uh, yeah, we'll and we're going to start mailing them out by the next podcast we check in. So definitely, if you want to get in on that, hit it up. Even if you're a little bit late, we'll we'll work it out. It's fine. It's it's fine. But uh, what do you guys? What do you think about them? We, now that you've got mm-hmm. to hold them in your hand instead of seeing pictures, they're a lot better than I. Expected. Give it a spin near the microphone. I actually really like the action. I think it turned out really good. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, you can just oh, yeah. fidget spin your way to victory on the <laughs> tabletops of Star Wars Legion. No, they're they're I for mean, an entirely three D printed item. I yeah. think it looks really really well. The it's, I was a little concerned that it might be kind of chunky just because of the nature. Well, I guess we'll be talking about this in your section. The the fidelity (laughs) and detail has gotten way better than even when Josh was talking about it on the last time. So I'm very excited to send these out. Yeah, I'm just impressed. Uh, I know that Keegan there have some awesome machines, but three colors on one print part? Is that that good? Is is that a good thing? Yeah, a multicolor printer is is awesome. So uh, judging by the pictures that we got when Keegan sent it, they're being printed on pressure printers, so that's pretty much the top of the line in terms of consumer printers. Wow. Like, you can get an array of cheap printers, or you can invest oh, in Oh, so pressure. you go either quantity or quality. In this. Yep. But they and were able to spin out. We had, like, uh, a fairly sizable order that they were able to kick out within, like, a couple of weeks. From, I mean, designing it from the ground up, taking a few comments on it, and adjusting, and then spinning it into production. And I love that mm-hmm. you, they use the Arabesh uh, numerals. For the countdown part of it itself. Yeah, so if everyone's wondering why uh, it looks like a 10, no, it's a 6. It's a 6. Yeah, it's, it's a 6. If you can't figure, there, there aren't 10 rounds in Legion. You know, let me, let me split. Nope. Well, when nope. it's binary, you know, maybe they're screaming at you in droids. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, okay. So, yeah, that's going to be more information on the Facebook page. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out to us there. Post a message. Send us a DM. Slide into our DMs, whatever it is you kids do with your TikToks or whatnot. But anyways, the real important thing, I didn't hear, hey, Dan, how long until LVO? 125 days. We're not in the the double digits yet. Man, you need to sell the drama a little bit more, you know. Give give me your best Shatner shout-out kind of. 125 days. Thank you. (laughs) you. Zach, you want to give it your own little stab there? Come on. It ain't tomorrow. You'll get it when you get it. <laughs> wait, wait. I said Shatner, not FFG. You know. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, one twenty-five days to go there. So yeah, yeah. I'm not panicking on my board yet. Not till we get to double digits. <laughs> not panicking like Anakin. Nope. All right. So rulings. We got uh, a bunch of facts that LJ posted up on the Facebook that uh, some some clarifications. Yeah, they they uh, for everyone who saw the first post, there was a second post the next day. Yes, with uh, uh, apparently some, the one that you cared about yeah, the most. Yeah, well, and there were a couple things added, and a couple actually answers on the first post that were changed. Oh, oh, did I didn't yes. catch that? Okay, yes. so, so let's uh, let's go and talk about what are the spicy definitely, ones on and there. Of course, just to let everyone know, these uh, FFG's official forums. There is a rules forum and there is a stickied locked post in there that FFG posts in to show, to post rules updates. The little ones, you know, when they want to do kind of in between the big RRG updates. So definitely, if you're into Competitive Legion, definitely double check okay. the FFG forums. The official forums. Just to make sure you're up to date on the stickied most Stickied locked post with all their rules updates and pictures of their cats. <laughs> <laughs> If not, I'm they sure. should do that too. Yes, Alex Davy, if you're listening, <laughs> please post pictures Come on. of your cats. <laughs> All right, but yeah, they had a couple, uh, and there were some interesting interactions they actually said about here. So, uh, first one here uh, is my Luke Skywalker has saber throw equipped. Mm. Oh yes, by the way, they phrase these in like question answer format, not like. Okay. I thought I was being yeah. quizzed all of a sudden. No, no, no. We, we, could, we, False? we could do that. What, what do you think the answer is here? Uh, yes. You're going to have to give me the answer in the form of a question. <laughs> uh, so Luke Skywalker is saber throw equipped, and if you play Son of Skywalker, you perform the melee attack and it kills the unit that's engaged with. Can you then perform a ranged attack with saber throw? No. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> survey says. Actually, actually, it's no. Is it no? Is it no? Really? No, it's funny. The first post actually listed this as yes. So there's confusion. Oh, so. <laughs> so the update thing is no. Uh, Schrodinger's Luke says. Exactly. <laughs> uh, if you actually read the text of Saber Throw, it says 
you know, use your melee weapon, half the dice uh-huh, as a range uh-huh, attack. Uh-huh. This account, this attack counts as an attack action. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. You can only declare one attack action per turn. Uh-huh. So if you declare that attack action to do the melee, although it says you can do another attack, it doesn't say you cannot do another. It says you can. Yeah. Tongue tied. You cannot do another attack action. You're only oh, doing one attack okay, action. That makes sense. Attacks. Yeah. So it's a little bit of, of wordy lawyering. I would have thought it was okay. I actually agreed with the first one. On the local area of Las Vegas, yeah. there was actually somebody said, oh, you can actually do this. This is cool. I said, yeah, I thought we could always do that. Because yeah. I always assumed it was just well, a Well, that's a good that there's attack. clarification because yeah. that sounds like, I mean, it sounds reasonable either way. But if they give their justifications, then yeah. All yeah. right. So the answer is no, you cannot use Saber Attack as a bonus attack, basically. Well, now Luke is just completely unplayable. So. Uh, well, I mean, who's been playing him lately, really? Oh, uh, that, oh is that so? Uh, it makes me sad. I love yeah. Luke. Though he Remember does... when he won the brackets, brackets <laughs> yeah. a while back? Though he does have his pistol, and yes, you can use the pistol as a range attack Ka-pew! afterwards. So. I mean, two red dice. You still use that? your Luke every so often? Occasionally, yeah. Who's your main commander for Rebels right now? Still Leia. That, Leia? That, that, yeah. That's my girl. Yeah? Yeah, Leia and Chewie? No? L- Just Leia, Leia? Leia, maybe toss in a Sabine in there. Oh, Okay. That Sabine does. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies explode in everything. I like it. <laughs> Throw some gin in there and you got a party. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, any other real good ones in there? Let's see. A lot of talking about hostage exchange because apparently that thing is still a rules nightmare. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll, we'll just, the summarization during I, setup and range one, nothing can touch the units with hostages. Okay. So they're, they're talking about situations. Can enemy unit engage? Uh, do mines attack them? No, mine, like the from the minefield effect. Oh, really? Yeah. Even yeah. though people are confused it's not an enemy because it's not the other player controlling it. Mm. Although they're quote-unquote neutral, they are still enemy. They're enemies to the units they're attacking. So, so what is the ruling on that? The uh, ruling is no, it's an enemy effect. Okay. So when it detonates, it performs attack. Uh, when am I going to detonate? It's perform an attack against the unit. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm misreading this. It is not an enemy effect because it's not controlled by the other player. Okay. So sure. mines from the minefield condition can affect those with hostages. Oh, those they can. with hostages, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, eh, all right. The Blamo tokens are actually handled the same way as well. It's considered a neutral effect. Yay. Yes, I know you love campaign. Are you going to really use them that much before Maul comes out, though? <laughs> I'm, sure I'm going to try, actually. I really want to get... Because once Maul hits, I'm sure everyone's just going to drop Cad Bane for Maul. I'm going to be the Cad Bane guy. <laughs> well, if Maul had a fancy hat, right? He did. Yeah, I mean... Or if Cad had helmet spikes, I guess. I don't know. Put, put the hat mm-hmm. on Maul. Best of both worlds. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Get Zach to 3D print you a hat for Maul. Oh, see? Go. There you go. Um, and if you move the unit equipped with a hostage into contact with a Bane token that turns out to be the Here I Am token, you can't melee a unit when... You can't melee a hostage unit on the first round or during setup. Right. So you literally put Cad Bane as close as possible without being in melee. I'm not touching you. <laughs> I'm not touching you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be over here swinging my electro gauntlet, and if you happen to walk into it. Uh, uh, here's a funny one. Are all the mine condition tokens, bane tokens, bombing run objective tokens, etc., are they removed after they detonate? Because they don't have a detonate keyword, and detonate keyword decline, <laughs> de- actually declares you remove it. Uh, yes, yes, you remove it. Okay. <laughs> It's perpetual explosions. <laughs> yes. uh, how do units with the incognito keyword interact with certain objective cards? So Wait, what units? I didn't notice exactly. <laughs> so uh, incognito units can't be assigned objective tokens during setup because the moment they touch an objective token, they lose incognito. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, now, of course, if they lose the incognito later in the game due to one of the ways you lose incognito, yes, you can then interact with the objective tokens. <laughs> That's just Chris yeah. Evans in a baseball cap. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> can incognito units earn victory tokens, playing intercept transmissions, payload key positions, and breakthrough? Uh, only if they've lost the incognito keyword. So basically, for incognito, you don't count towards any objectives. Hmm. So, hmm. K2 okay. players, make sure you shoot something before you try and, <laughs> and score for that turn. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. 
Uh, why are you standing on the enemy side of the line there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if a a uh, miniature of a large repulsor unit, like an AAT, is fully obscuring a condition token placed by minefields. So, one of those generic mines. What happens if another movement uses moves into range one? So, the mine can't see it, but there's a unit in ranged one. Mm. The mine doesn't detonate because it can't see it. Really? Nice. Yeah, because huh. it has to have line of sight. So, it's like having a wall or another piece of line of sight obscuring. So you can use your hover vehicle to kind of screen. Yes, but uh, remember everyone, it is in the rules, you cannot land on top of a condition or objective token. But, I mean, it's such you a can, big ship, you mm -hmm, can probably right. over overlap it quite a bit. I don't know, what do you say? Have you gotten to play with your You've played yeah. with your saber takes multiple. Have you had to do a mine scenario where that's an not, issue? Not yet, but that sounds like some great line of sight shenanigans. Oh, so, oh. next one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is, uh, we're going to keep take, that one in mind. Take Tuck a that note. in the back of the playbook, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you can't see the troops. I'm underground. <laughs> I can't see anything. So when a unit that uses covert ops to infiltrate and then becomes, you know, an, an operative, and then you have to nominate somebody as a commander, can that person who's now nominated as commander be a legal target for bounty? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, they can. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have even tried to guess on right. that one. So, yeah. uh, I mean, there was some thinking back and forth, like, oh, at the beginning of deployment, they're not a commander. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, a commander yeah, yeah, At the end of deployment, well, yeah. no, yes, they are eligible for the bounty keyword if they're promoted to commander. Okay. Uh, and then there was some description of how to use loadout, because um, there was apparently some confusion yeah, on that. how do you use loadout? Well, the confusion was, was each individual loadout slot mm -hmm. unique? So, like you say, you have... Um, for example, uh, Hunter, and then in one slot you have Hunter, and then the loadout of Offensive Push, and the second one you have, um, oh god, I can't even think of it, Endurance, and um, I am blanking some on names, right, some other one here. Yeah. When you replace one, you can choose anything that's a set aside, as long as it's the same type of... of oh, okay. Interesting. So there, there are right. some, there's some minor shenanigans you can do with this, say... You put um, hunter and uh, situational awareness. Uh -huh. So that's six plus two, so that's eight. Uh -huh. And then you under hunter, you put the loadout of um, offensive push, which is four. Uh -huh. Can I then swap out my situational awareness for the offensive push? I don't like, know. According to this, yes, you can, as long as oh, it's really? the same type of it's the same type, type of upgrade. upgrade. Okay. Now, if you have different types of upgrades, say you also have something in the equipment slot, no, you can't swap out an equipment for a training or anything oh, like that. Oh, sure. Actually. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh, that's really, that's quite powerful, actually. Yeah. So, huh. uh, the funny I don't thing have I, anything with loadout, so I never I don't really either. interact with it. <laughs> the funny thing I, I, I like in here is um, the example they actually use, Cassian Andor is equipped with Hunter, Endurance, and Environmental Gear, and the set-aside is Ducking Cover, Offensive Push, and Grappling Hooks. Well, environmental gear grappling hooks, so they're the same. Uh, it says you can swap hunter for either duck and cover or offensive push, uh, but endurance for duck and cover or offensive push, or environmental gear for grappling hooks, but you can't swap endurance for grappling hooks. Obviously, you can't cross them. Mm, gotcha. You can't cross the types. There. I thought you were sending us up for a kind of a no. word problem. No. Cassie Andor has 25 <laughs> Snickers bars. If he keeps 20 <laughs> Snicker bars, how many, what does Cassie and Andor have? Uh, diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> it. There it is. Uh, and let's see, we're getting towards the end here. Uh, what happens when a unit leader of wound threshold two is defeated while a unit with, while in a unit of wound threshold one? Uh, when the mini replace the other unit, does the, that unit essentially gain an, an additional wound? No. The unit leader is defeated and replaces another mini in the unit and then must be assigned a wound token. So basically it turns it into a one unit or one health unit. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm really happy with that. D is that the way you thought I was going to go? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the yeah. fairest way to do it. Yeah, honestly, you the, just, yeah. the, the, the total number of wounds in the entire unit remains the same when you okay. do that. Unless you're a tactical droid in a group of B2s. Because <laughs> it's going the opposite direction and it actually hurts you. Yeah. So since the tactical droid is one and the B2s are two health, if you train scope the tactical droid, it replaces a two health B2. Well, yeah, there so. you go. <laughs> <sighs> so don't do that. So, yeah, uh, I mean, roger, there's, roger. A, there's other nice reasons to put the tactical droid in the B2s, but that's mm. we're getting off oh, topic sure. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and the last one here, uh, how does cohesion in melee work when a unit's minis can't move through the other unit's minis? So basically, you, you have a Tauntaun coming into me melee with you. Mm -hmm. You can't move through a Tauntaun because it's a creature trooper. Mm -hmm. How do you get your move minis to go into cohesion with the, with melee? Because you know you're supposed to surround him, right? but you can't technically move through him. Uh -huh. They say for the purposes of this melee... Fudge they, it. Fudge it. They yeah. move through yeah. and, okay. and that's the way I've so. always played it. And <laughs> honestly, unless somebody said something about it, I'd continue to play it that way. Well, okay, but that's that's good. Fudge it. Yeah, you can't get all your minis in melee. Yeah. 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 Yes, you can. I mean, there's of course there are people. So there's some. There, I mean, I mean, we got the answer we wanted about the two two HP leaders, which yes. I think that was the biggest one in the community. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which was not in the first drop of the rules but it was added in the second <laughs> they got to save some of the razzle dazzle for the follow-up yes. posts making me read all that come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah um some interesting stuff there yeah and uh that's all up in the facebook page oh, yeah, and so, like you said in the uh yeah so ffg forums so. i know there aren't any competitive events going on right now but mm -hmm. I mean, until lvo in 125 days but <laughs> yeah. oh is that how long okay uh, but definitely, if you are in a competitive lesion again, do double check the FFG forums, the rules forum. It's well, it's in the Legion forums group. There's a Legion rules forum. And once again, there's a locked sticky thread in there that FFG will put their rules up, small rules updates on before it hits the big RRG. Right on. Well, any uh, last thoughts on that? Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. hey, I saw you post up your Inferno squad. Oh yes, looking really nice, dude. Yes. No, very um, fancy. I kind of cranked that out this weekend. So hey, that's, been, that's good though. I mean, that's really good. And now I've got uh, you know three squads of generics I have to work on. I was gonna ask about that. It's like how many how many more Inferno like bros do we have? To... No, no, I wanted to focus on the the named guys because that's what most of my lists are using the named Inferno squad right now. Nice. I've got a I've still got a box of Stap Riders I need to build after this. Actually, yeah. uh, I've, I've heard those are real fun to build, according to the Facebook. They don't look that bad. I pulled them out and was kind of looking at the instructions. Well, well, I mean... Oh, apparently, I've, trying to hold them in position while the glue is drawing is... I've like... built Dark Eldar Raiders before, so mm -hmm. honestly, we'll, we'll see how my, my hobby skills are up to the challenge. I've, I've got a friend of mine, that, um, actually my buddy Ross, that was my doubles partner at LVO last year. He's coming over to get a game later, so I'm excited. He's bringing his droids. I'm going to have my droids. Actually, I might, I might play Kenobi for that. I don't know. Bring no, tons of ions. Just all the ions. Yep. Yeah. List complete full of ion. I don't. I don't think that is that a rule in the game. Is that something that happens in Legion? Ion. That doesn't sound uh, familiar. The ion, the stormtrooper ion rifle. The no, no, that doesn't ring a bell. The don't. rebel ion. No, gun. no, 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 no. Droid poppers. Exist. No. Oh, oh, droid there poppers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Could I substitute them for some jalapeno poppers? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delightful. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break, guys, and we'll be right back for the 3D Printer Showdown. You are receiving the Legion Outriders podcast. Ending the transmission now would be most unfortunate. And now, the Outriders. Welcome back, Outriders, and welcome to our 3D Printer Showdown, the first in a two-part series tonight on a very special showdown. We're talking about <laughs> resin printing, and our local experts, Zach and Dan, are here to walk us through, because I still don't know anything about 3D printing. You guys show up with the really cool stuff, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty sweet. It's from the future. It is from the future, yes. <laughs> <laughs> are you some sort of wizard sorcerer excuse me yeah we already established <laughs> sorcerers sorcerers okay yes. so zach why don't you lay down for us what it is a resin printer does all right sure and how it applies to our little tabletop minis lifestyle all right so what a resin printer essentially does or how it works is you have a vat of uv resin that's being cured by uv light it's being uh filtered out through a screen so it's creating a mask, and there's a build plate that dips down, cures it, goes back up, does it again, does it again, layer by layer by layer. And what this gets you is a very extremely detailed resin model. Yeah, uh, you, you brought some samples over, some of the stuff you've been printing out. And honestly, a couple of them are indistinguishable from models I know, either from like uh, Games Workshop. I swear this this one crocodile guy with the swords, I, I, I thought that was a Warhammer model for like minions. 
it looks really, really good. But uh, what I picture when you say like a vat that comes down that gets cured, is that like a Dairy Queen soft serve? Kind of like, <laughs> and then, then you so, stick it outside for a minute. Except it's so, not broken. Like, oh, every time yeah, you go through the drive-thru. No, 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 that's McDonald's. Yeah. That's, yeah, ice cream if machine Dairy Queen's <laughs> ice cream machine broke, they'd be... Uh, what, do you think they sold burgers? Come on. <laughs> so like the that Dairy Queen analogy is actually really good for FDM, which is the traditional style 3D printing, at least consumer grade. Funky that. dance music, FDM. Yeah, yeah. So yes. The plastic yes. 3D printers. Yeah. So that, ah. that that's when you're thinking of, you know, plastic being heated up through a tube and an extruder moving. And, and that's a different type light. of printer that yes. we're going to talk about on the next show. That okay. is correct. So for resin, the print bed itself is a thing that's moving. So your vat of resin is always at the bottom. And the screen's down here, mm-hmm. so it cures. Down, down here, yes. Yep, uh, yes. So below it. Below uh, it. Uh-huh. So and it essentially prints the model upside down. Yes. Oh. It, it does it upside down. And one of the cool things about that is the print time is, the big thing about that is the height of your models. So if you have a build plate that's, you know, six inches by four inches, if you want to slap on, you know, eight miniatures on that, Mm-hmm. It's going to have the same print time as if you're printing one. Oh, wow. Because it's all factored by height. Okay. Yeah, because it starts at the, the bottom of the mini, which is where the attach the build plate. Uh-huh. And then just builds layers up. And, okay, so and but the, 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 the mini is inverted. Lateral movement, I guess? There is no, no it's only movement. No, oh, it's only really? vertical. It's oh, only vertical, correct. Because okay. at, at the bottom of it uh, is, like you were saying, there's a, a screen there and there's a UV light. Mm-hmm. It's an array of LEDs. And the system. It, I'm sorry. Nipple. Just I'm trying to get this picture to my head because, as I said, I don't know anything about this. Please. It does the layer, and then it like puts the light on to cure it, and then does the next layer, or does it Actually, do it while it's going? It, it turns the lights on only where it needs to cure. So oh. there's basically an array of LEDs on the bottom, and it only turns the LEDs on in the area that needs to cure. Zach has a comment. Yeah. Yep. So uh, usually your your LED array, the full array, lights up, mm. and the screen is what's masking it. Mm. So Let's say if we wanted to print out the letter A on the screen, it's going to have all black for everything that's not the A, allowing the UV light to shine through and cure only the silhouette of the A. Oh, um, interesting. And then mm-hmm. the, the light turns off, build plate goes up, goes right back down, uh-huh. and does the A again. Hmm. Just, just builds it in layers yep. as it goes up. Wow. Okay. Uh what model of printer are you personally using for resin? So, as of last week, I was primarily using an Elegoo Mars, which is at the very entry-level consumer uh, resin printer. Is that the one you got started on then? For resin printing, yes. Okay. Um, it, um, if somebody was to try and get into resin printing, is that still something good that for them to look into? Uh, as of right now, no, because we're in the middle of a technological generation oh, okay. jump, I guess, to put it. So like the original Elgu Mars and the original Photon, those are the main recommended budget ones. Mm-hmm. Each one now has essentially their the new, new and improved. Or, yeah. yeah. So whether or not you want what would now be an Elgu Mars Pro, so as a higher resolution screen, also a mono screen. So that just means you're going to be getting crisper, crisper models and your screen is going to last longer. So the models you brought today for sample, and uh, if we can, we'll probably put some up in the Facebook post to kind of show what we're talking about here. Uh, was that used the old one, or is this the, the new this one? This is you're the, about the, the old about? one. So oh, wow. The, the, okay, that's still really good, I think. The, this really good quality is what the enthusiasts are now saying is poor quality. And okay. the technological date, like we're talking like a year and a half ago. So wow. it moves very, very quickly where, you know, if we were talking a year ago, we were going to say a big detriment to resin printing would be the size. Mm-hmm. You can't print terrain. It's only good for miniatures. Well, now there's like an Elegoo Saturn, which has a build plate, which you can print terrain in resin. How big is that one? I don't like, know the uh, specifics, but uh, it's... One square it, foot, it looks like, something like it, that. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's pretty hefty and chunky, so you're going to be using yeah. up a lot of resin. But okay. at the same time, it gets rid of the 3D printed look the the, the line layers yes, the, the, you the see line. with the extrusion style okay mm-hmm. how much does like a vat of resin cost so one liter of resin is usually about 
fifty to sixty five dollars depending on your brand and the quality of it, and that will honestly print you out. Let's just go with the spitball of about sixty minis. Okay, if, if so like more. sixty Legion minis yes. or something like that for for just kind of a size reference. Uh, Dan, do you use a resin or do you uh, just? No. I'm you, currently all the extrusion FDM. Oh, stuff okay. So, online, so we'll we'll talk to you on the next episode. You can go. You can yeah. I'm, switch I'm off I'm familiar for a while, with it. Not only have <laughs> I, I've worked and talked with Zach about it. Um, yeah. I also have a, a few other friends that do have them who have been able to do other production work for me when I need to. <laughs> well, when I need something awesome. resin printed. So I'm familiar with the process. I just don't personally own one. Okay. I'm sure we'll probably be remin. So what's yeah. what's the uh, new one that you've got? So I'm getting. Well, I'm waiting for it to be shipped a Frozen Sonic Mini 4K. So what it is, is it's it's the same build factor. Just It's it, not it, one of the Elk Goos or whatever? Nope. Okay. Um, so Frozen, like all the machines, they're all Chinese clones of each other. They, uh, they really okay. are. Uh, what I like about Frozen is... The songs. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But um, the, the screen is a 4K. So going from what oh, you guys wow. are seeing right now, uh-huh. which the the new uh, lineups of like Elegoon Photon for the size are 2Ks. So oh, okay. getting a huge increase in definition. The mono screen is an upgrade, which all the new generations have. And what that did in the industry was they used to use old cell phone screens, which would display all colors. So uh-huh. it can block out UV light, just not efficiently. Okay, and, I've heard, yeah, of uh, pr- uh, printers that use that kind of stuff, and I thought it would, sounded super sketchy, but I guess that was is. the standard? It, it was a standard, oh, and wow. now everything's gone ahead, and you know there are now more efficient LED arrays as well. So it's a good time now to be looking, if you are interested in it, just poke your head around, do some research. Just don't get a first-generation, like, Elegoo Mars or the original photons, they're just dated and the components inside are probably going to be dying sooner rather than later because there are a lot more consumables with resin printers than with your FDM printers. Wearable parts and whatnot. Yep, okay. Like, How much would I be looking to spend if I want to get one of the newer generations? Um, Anywhere from low 200s. Oh. Uh, I mean, if you want like a big old Elegoo Saturn, I think they're retail 500. Wow. Okay, that's much cheaper than I was thinking. They're they're not that expensive. Huh. All right. Well, for for a hobby, that's actually not uh, too bad of a price of entry. But uh, okay. So, what do you use your resin printed for? Are you uh, you've got uh, some models that you printed out, uh, kind yep. of an assortment of different things, and you've mentioned that there's communities and resources for people doing this stuff. Could, what, what can you tell us about that? So, um, I guess the first question, like. I got into resin printing because I was a DM for D&D. Oh, sure. And okay. Yeah. After trying a lot of FDM printers for miniatures, it, FDMs are great. It's just that's not a good use case for them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of jump-started me into looking more into uh, you know, modeling and everything. So I started putting my players' heads on miniatures for them. So we would not literally their heads. Wait, oh, literally <laughs> their heads. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> representations Re- of their representation. heads. Okay. <laughs> so I'd use an iPhone to to scan their their face. No kidding. Uh, clean up the STL file, put it on their little archer model or their warrior, and uh, bring it to the table for them. I wish you were my DM. We can work some out. Hey, I, I, right. I, I, I'm DMing. <laughs> you can get models, but I'm uh, not DMing. Uh, <laughs> not enough time. Baby on the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, used to it by now. You got other kids. It's fine. So no um, I, don't, I don't know if this is a tangent. What are some of the downsides of resin printing So Ooh. versus FDM? Or... One of the things that you need to include in your cost is all your PPE, so your personal protective equipment, because you is are... Is it very toxic? You do not want resin on really anything that you like, um, like <laughs> your hands, your skin, so your, yourself, your loved yeah, ones, hopefully. You know, your animals, things like that. So... <laughs> Uh, some resins definitely smell a lot more. For me, uh, I have disposable gloves. I have a respirator. I wear uh, iPro as well. Oh, okay. With FDM, I did not need to have all that. So when you're operating this, you really do need to have a nice, well-ventilated area. Like, this is not something that you put in your dorm room and, you know, oh, I'm going to make all these figures and end up winding up with some headache or something. I don't yeah, know because yeah. negatives. You, you keep everything in your garage, right? Because yep. yeah, when I came over to play that game, you had, a, you had all your printers in your garage, actually. Yep. My, my, my little workshop down there. Yeah. So nice. when, whenever it's time to 
actually clean up and do anything regarding resin. So to jump off from this, resin prints need to be cleaned and cured Uh because you're going from essentially liquid resin and you're from goop to exactly goop to to actual nice hard somewhat brittle resin Mm -hmm. um typically you're going to use iso alcohol whatever you can find nowadays because of coronavirus like coronavirus (laughs) hit Uh, resin hard oh really oh yeah people the 3d printing stuff like crazy for that yeah it it was kind of rough so i actually use um acetone now to clean off my Hmm. prints so definitely want a respirator and everything for that so there's a lot of post-processing involved with resin then there is, but when you can go to the it, dark room and <laughs> slosh some chemicals around, that is kind of what, what happens. Like I, I open up my, my garage, I shut off my, my house, I donon my, my PPE. I have a UV chamber. Like and all your neighbors all think that you're cooking math. Oh, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they already know what's going on. I think all my neighbors have walked by the garage at some point, just to be like. What's going on in here? <laughs> <laughs> Math, it's easier to explain like this math. way. <laughs> <laughs> Little Star Wars figures? That didn't make any sense to you, right? Okay, it's math. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't call HOA. No. <laughs> no, it's it's good. Like I really enjoy for for the health drawbacks and everything. Um, just be like, safe, yeah. Ju- just be safe with it. Please don't be like the people on Facebook. I see people picking up. Even on YouTube, freshly printed prints, and they'll pick them up to show them off. They're uh, like, "Oh, don't worry, it's hard." No, that is not fully cured. Like, oh, really? Wow. If it has not been cured, don't touch it with your own hands because yeah. you're you're gonna be the person who forgets about. It. You're gonna go eat your peanut butter jelly sandwich. You're just gonna and suddenly you're poisoning yourself. Exactly. Or whatever contact contact uh, poisoning. Like, huh. please do research beforehand and make sure that you know what you're doing. Read the safeties, yes. all that kind of stuff. That, that, I mean, that's good advice right. for anything you do. And of course, for this application of miniatures, uh, the their resin's good for making small spindly bits. Extremely so. Right. However, if you're looking to make functional prints, you know, you need parts or, uh, you know, when you want to replace a clip on your, your right. folding chair or something like that. No. Uh, resin is a bit more brittle, as you said earlier. So it, they said for the application of minis, it's great. But if you're looking to do functional prints, do you want to leave more FDM then? So there's two approaches that, that I would take to this. One is to hmm. either mix in, like, um, there are products to make your resin stronger. So I believe Sriatech is a company line that has, like, I think it's called Sriatech Tough. You can mix that into the vat, and that will just enhance the, the durability of your prints. The other thing is kind of, this is now jumping onto another little hobby tangent. You can get functionally whatever you want to print with your resin printer, but then make like a silicone mold and then actually pour in durable oh, resin. So casket. So you yes. use kind of a casket, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that then creates a durable whatever you want it to, but that's jumping into a whole nother yeah, it's a, level. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's kind of an old schooly. Uh, more hobby printing thing than I'm at least a little bit more familiar with. Well, because it's yeah. pretty easy to understand. But yeah, I had a good mm-hmm. friend of mine that used dental uh, plaster to make like D and D layers and dungeon tiles and things like that. It was pretty intense. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier my other friends who have these resin printers. Uh-huh. I've mentioned before I work in watch repair. Yeah. These other friends are also in watch repair and jewelry, oh, so they actually prototype their jewelry and other things in, in this and then cast it in Literally actual yes. professional nitpickers. Yeah. <laughs> Attention so, yeah. to detail, that's if what we you, can and, expect. And I, I've shown them my minis, and they're like, oh, cool, do you want to cast that in silver? <laughs> I'm like, uh, thank you, it would be awesome, but not functional for what I'm trying to yeah. do. Yeah, I want <laughs> silver Iden. Silver Iden needs to be on the table. <laughs> Uh, silver 3PO would be kind of cool. Actually, yeah. yeah but anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, okay, Zach. I'm going to rock on down to Best Buy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go buy one of those 3D printers you talked about. I'm sure they're for sale. They're just right off the shelf. And I'm going to go home, plug it in. I'm going to hit hit print. 
Is that is that all there is to it? Um, you're, you're probably going to damage your resin printer and have to re- replace the screen. Cool, I'll go return <laughs> like, it to Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> and say this thing doesn't work. <laughs> so, uh, setting up a resin printer is a lot quicker than assembling your own FDM printer. There's a lot less parts that can break or get out of alignment, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it is way easier to completely kill your printer. So um, let's say if you're printing something and there was a leak of resin, either in the film that separates the vat from the screen, uh-huh. and a little itty-bitty piece of resin is now cured on your screen. Uh, the next time you hit print, that bill plate's going to come down and shove that resin into your screen yeah. as it goes back to its level zero. Yeah, and it's, it's going to repeatedly stab itself until it breaks your screen. And oh, wow. on Facebook groups, people learn the hard way. Yeah. Like, Speaking mm-hmm. of Facebook groups, this is, uh, I think we kind of uh, skipped over it, but there's a ton of resources out yep. there. I'm sure there's lots of YouTube videos you can go watch and how to get set up and uh, do the things and get started with 3D printing. But uh, there we've talked about file groups uh, to get some of these 3D printed files. What, what do you currently use and what do you recommend? Um, so other than the, the, the really big names, I guess, in our Star Wars Legion community of like Darkfire Designs, um, I'm actually like drawing Skull a blank. Forge. Skullforge yeah. Studio. Uh, those guys have been around for a long time and they make really quality stuff. On Facebook, there is a Star Wars Legion 3D printing and conversion group, if you're interested. Go ahead and hop over there because there are a whole bunch of people that are lesser known and they run Patreons where you're spending about anywhere from five to ten dollars or they host uh, single files on Gumroad as well to download. But then you get a whole month of miniatures, which is anywhere from like six to some people put out easily over 10 per month yeah you mentioned this on the last episode that you subscribe to a couple of different uh patreons and basically you get x amount of files per month and these are pretty well professionally done it varies it varies okay so before you start backing somebody you know you'd Uh, probably be something you're very excited about so like uh this little alligator guy miniature that you commented on earlier where you saw the quality and you're like that looks like it could be in the store that is from the Artisan Guild, which is a Patreon that is, I believe, the number one 3D printing miniatures Patreon. Like, oh, really? Okay. Uh, every month they release a brand new like Dungeons & Dragons theme set with mounts, heroes, variations. Like For whatever they're charging now, probably like 12 or $14 per month, you're literally getting an army. Like mm-hmm. Depending on what you play, if you're a DM, you got everything for your month right there. And... They come pre-supported regularly, you know, that's... Updated periodically if they need to, that kind of thing. Yeah. What happens if you're like, hey, I just started, but last month's Goblin Army looked really good. Do you get access to that, or do you have to... So, uh, usually how it goes is when you join the Patreon, there's a welcome uh, package Mm. that has a couple samples. For the previous month stuff, usually they'll throw that on either to My Mini Factory or any other SEL hosting uh, site, okay. and then it's behind a paywall. So typically, if you see something that you want on a Patreon month, dive in that month to get it for the cheaper cost. Because yeah, I was going to say, it, it sounds always, like it'd probably be cheaper. It is always cheaper oh, okay. the month of, and that's huh. just part of the, the game. Like that's That blows my mind that there could be subscription services for just like 3D files. That, oh, yeah. uh, that you can turn around then have in your living room for whatever it is and, you're playing. And they're, they're your files to print off as you as you want. So if you really like, you know, R2-D2, but I have an L2. I love R2-D2. I got an L2 Saturn or whatever. I'm going to print a giant freaking R2-D2. Can I come watch you do that? If only <laughs> I wasn't making it all up, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, of course, are, are there some other resources because um, I, I personally go on Thingiverse a lot for my terrain. Yeah, so, so if we're looking for specifically so, Star Wars Legion resources yeah. to augment our armies or maybe give it a little bit of flair, like, I don't know, can you do, like, Phase 2 clone helmets? Yep, um, so I would uh, suggest head on over to Yegi, that is Y-E-G-G-I.com. So that is pretty much a modeling uh, search engine aggregate. So Oh, okay. It will search Thingiverse because Thingiverse query is absolutely horrid. It will search several other like Colts 3D and it will it does a search for you and then you just have to wade through what is bad and what is good. 
Do they have a standard kind of system for reviews on uh, files? Now you just kind of gotta no, but pull it open, take a look. Or it's like, can it's, you it's even... a lot like Google. Yeah, uh, <laughs> where you have to kind of go through all those. Time by the time you hit page three, you know it's real good. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Like one one thing to look out for, at least on Thingiverse, is you get a lot of game dumps. So that's someone who goes into like Battlefront Two, picks the uh, the the files, files the model and files, then yeah. posts them. A 3D asset in a video game is not meant for real-world physics uh-huh. at all. Yeah. So you, you're getting it, it hasn't been optimized for printing or, or with it, that exactly. in mind at all. Okay. So, huh. Like, That's good information. Yeah, because generally in printing, <laughs> both these printers, both the, the resin and the um, FDM-style printers, you can print things, but remember, you can't print in midair. It has to be attached to a build plate. Oh, so if they're just like, yeah. If, if he's holding his arm injury. out. With you know pointing a gun, uh-huh. you got to have some sort of support underneath that arm. Well, would that not be the torso? Or? <laughs> no. Um, well, if he's holding it out from his body oh. in like a T pose. Oh, okay. Huh. So in that case, uh, a lot of the software though for preparing models, and we didn't really get into slicing. Haven't touched on the slices yet. No. Oh, oh man. Uh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, will help. Will help uh, create supports of additional material that's meant to snap away. Uh, oh right, right. So, so all the little like. Uh, strands and whatnot that you see sometimes with these okay so that kind of thing like when when you end up printing a model it looks like a construction grid with Uh a whole bunch of like girders all over it um if you want to get them off easy i suggest hot water so like acetone or whatever you're uh dipping in let that rest for a sec leave it in hot water for about 30 seconds and then you pop it off and then you can just go you know rub your finger against this oh really that easy and huh? it just breaks off what if you it's do it with like a hobby knife or something like that um it is way softer it, okay so you point. gotta be very careful so if, yeah, you're, if, you're risk damaging the model oh, okay gotcha. so uh, if i don't do hot water then i'll use uh flush cutters uh, okay yeah the, oh yeah the flush cutters, cutters yeah yep. the, the diagonal cuts yep and just go through and that's only like if i really really am trying to make a model look really nice uh, <laughs> otherwise no if i got 40 40 dudes hot water dan you mentioned that the you'd risk damaging the models how is the final durability for like tabletop use if you don't add any like strengthener i would say it's like fine. a hardening agent i would say it's, it's fine for it, normal use it's equivalent My, to the to the off the shelf you know production models Oh, okay, that's not bad. So right. they're not meant to be handled by three-year-olds. Of yeah, course. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Top, it's not toddler-proof. Don't no. chuck it against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all my models uh, get hit by monster trucks on the regular. On the regular. So because um, you, you got notice, them chitlins. Yeah, like broken piece there. Like things just need to get re-glued here and there. But that's also why I like to three D print them because the cost is not. You know, I'm not paying forty dollars for the games miniature or games workshop single hero miniature. Mm-hmm. I'm paying under a quarter. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Not that we're recommending you do your entire army no, with this, no, but uh, for some specialty pieces or some uh, if you really stuff. yeah, if you want to customize. Alrighty. So on to the topic of slicers, which yeah, what's that all if, about? It's not something that slices you up or anything. It actually converts. what about potatoes? <laughs> Can we do? Uh, we we could Jillian. print. <laughs> <laughs> Slices. Slices. <laughs> a waffle fry. So, um, okay, so you talk about you have the the plate. It yep. builds up layers. It cures it. What's the slicing part? So the slicing part is going from a regular 3D asset on your computer mm-hmm. and giving it instructions to your 3D printer in a format that it will actually understand. Oh, okay, so this is the, like instead of just having the three D model like we said from the video games, this is a prepared like this is going to print. So this is what you use. Right. So it's not a physical slice. It, it is not a physical slice. Ah. It is digitally slicing layer by layer to give instructions. Slicing to... like Han Solo getting into the bunker slicing. Thousands times more. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, wow. So yeah, so three D printers don't. I know, ironic to the name, don't actually think in three D. They huh. in 2D layers because uh, they build up the oh, model one layer okay. at a time. I got gotcha. you. So gotcha. a slicer is a piece of software, a program that converts the 3D model into individual layers mm-hmm. that the 3D printer can then interpret and take instructions so, on how to build. So to help me visualize this, uh-huh. it's like 
the scene in Resident Evil with yes. the tunnel with the yes. lasers coming, but mm. in the, they don't have the vertical ones. It's yes. not, yeah. not okay, <laughs> not the, the grid one. No, yet. not the grid. It, it, just, it's just still at level regular. two. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it so it prepares the layers like that, and it just basically treats them almost individually, and then like, okay, we're done with this layer. Oh, what's the next file? And then it goes and does that. Pretty much at a very rapid pace. So all, uh -huh. all, all that you have to do as a user is uh, open up your, your 3D model. Uh, I would suggest using Pressure Slicer because it's free and it does this really well for resin stuff. But um, you tell it to auto-orient. So on your model, it's not going to print um, as a model should. Mm -hmm. It's going to kind of angle it off, typically at like 45 degrees. And that helps... Kind of keep the height down, maybe, uh, so it does it, less overall layers? It has to do with supports and okay. kind of on the physics side of things because one thing, resin printers aren't very good at is printing like a flat object, like a base. Uh -huh. Your FDM printer is way better at that, and it's oh, way less of a headache. So if you guys look at that yeah, base, it's yeah, warped because it is a little bit, yeah. when it's trying to pull off all that at once, uh -huh. physics is coming in. Oh, okay. And it, Interesting. It's messing with that. Well, but, um, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that when we get yeah. into next week's session. Additionally, another reason to print at that angle is, of course, most people view their minis from the front of the mini when they want to do their beauty shots. And uh -huh. when you show to someone, uh -huh. you don't look at the back side of the mini, you look at the front side of the mini. So where the supports attach on the back, so it's laying at a 45-degree angle on its back, any of the little nubbins mm. or, or uh, indentations or, or, or bits butt. left over of yeah, the supports will be connected to the back of the model so where it's less visible. Interesting. And you said that there was a party. So it's a third-party software. It's not like there's a proprietary software that comes with these printers. Photon as a company does proprietary stuff, and they have their own proprietary Photon format for okay. everyone else. Um, Precious Slicer, honestly, they're one of the best in the industries, and you can use their slicing software for free. Wow. And I use that to get everything except for the final file type, which then I had to use a, another free software called Cheetubox, and that wow. exports it to the printer. So at the first time, it does take a little bit of know-how, getting everything so, good okay. to go. So you have one piece of software that basically preps the file, and then another piece of software that takes that file and then converts it over to your printer. Correct. Oh, interesting. Okay. And uh, was it uh, the first slicer software can do that, but just this one's really good at doing this and this one's really good at doing that so mm -hmm. i separate my workflow like that oh, oh okay so you but you don't have you to. don't have to you, you you can tell so chitu box is typically the free one if you buy a chinese clone printer it's going to come on the usb and you can go ahead and plug that baby in and slice whatever you want like uh, you literally say slice and it does its thing and then it says wow. save and okay. you just save it to your USB, and you're good to go. Okay. Dang. So any kind of final wrap-up thoughts on that? Um, despite all the fun stuff that you can print with resin printers and everything, I really think the best use case, at least for people like me who like to play miniatures games, is not to replace the well, whole model. If you're if you're listening to this podcast, you Ho probably hopefully, hopefully like yeah, to hopefully. play miniature games. <laughs> but um, not not to like replace your whole army because that doesn't support the game that you love. But Fair. to just yeah. augments mm -hmm. what you have. Like we've all seen the Pina Colada Shore Trooper. <laughs> yes, like yes. That, relaxing oh, on the, the beach. Best one. Yeah. like a, yes. a boombox stormtrooper. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun, but it's not. It should not be seen as a replacement of disrupting the Honestly, entire game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think there's some pretty strong tournament rules against that for most places. But, uh, yeah, no, that's fair to say. Yeah, and definitely, I mean, buying the original minis, supporting the people who make this game, I mean, gives us this game. Yeah, so I guess, well, guess what? If you don't buy the minis, then, yeah, it'll be interesting to see as printers continue to develop and the files become much in higher fidelity. I mean, it's, like I said, there are some that I would... I would have been fine paying money for that in a shop, you know, kind of thing. So it's getting there. But uh, it's an interesting time to be here. We in the future. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all you future people. Not quite a replicator yet, but yeah, almost. But uh, stay tuned. Next episode, we'll be talking about the other side. And that's going to be the extruding, what, FDM is, is that FDM the, the term? FDM, but yeah, basically okay. the plastic extruding printers, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. But uh, any final notes there, guys? Good? 
if you have any questions or if you want to know, don't be afraid to hit me up on social media, either through the Outriders uh, Facebook page. Or the Discord. Or Discord. Yeah, yeah we do have the Patreon Discord, mm-hmm. and you do spend time in the uh, the Legion Discord as well. Under yes, Q, it with the, the whole bunch. Q, U, yeah, Q, 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 But uh, other Art. than that... Yeah, if yeah. anyone has any questions about 3D printing in general or questions you'd yeah. like us to see us to answer on the next episode, definitely leave yeah. a post, yeah, leave definitely. a question. Yeah, yeah, if you have any specific question, that'd be great a way to wrap it up with a little Q&A. But uh, yeah, hit it up on the Facebook, and hopefully we'll see you again here real soon, Outriders. Have a great week. This concludes the current episode of the Legion Outriders podcast. You may cultivate a tactical advantage by observing the Outriders on Facebook or Twitter at Legion Outriders. Wisdom advocates subscribing to the podcast. Acting otherwise is reckless. <laughs>